Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Tony said, welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. Another new year. Some of you are like, yeah, another new year. Let's leave it behind. Some of you are like, oh no, what's ahead of me now? Got every, all this, all across the spectrum, right? Well, hopefully we can know that every step of the way, Jesus is going to be with us. He's not going to forsake us or leave us. Amen to that. He's given us his Holy Spirit, and uh, we're jumping right back into our series, Jesus Christ, the Light of the World, and uh, here's here's the specific message for the day that Jesus is going to give us in John chapter 16. Uh, It's this, ready? The Holy Spirit is our guide to reality. The Holy Spirit is our guide to reality. And we're going to talk a lot about that, what that's all about. But look at this scripture here, John 14, 26. It's in your notes. This is the key scripture as we begin here. But the helper, you have a helper. I hope you know that. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. And when he sends him, it isn't like he's just hanging out around you. He's going to live in you, and he's going to speak to your mind and your heart and your soul. And the Holy Spirit's not a it. He is a he, a person who loves you, who will be speaking to you, who will be walking and talking with you every step of the way. Isn't that good to know? You're not going into 2024 alone. Well, he's going to teach you all things. Everything? Well, no, you know, when it means all things, it means all things that God wants you to know. He's going to teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you, his teachings, his expressions of love, he's going to bring to us what we need when we need it. Thank you, Lord. And hopefully we're listening, right? Hopefully we're going to be listeners. But with that, would you please open up to John chapter 16, and we're going to be reading verses 12 to 15. And if you need a Bible or a pen or some notes, just raise your hand, and Brian, Dave will get you what you need. A Bible, pen, or some notes. And I encourage everybody to have notes, take notes. Some of you are like, nah, I don't want the notes, but at least underline some things in your Bible, that kind of thing. And in a moment, you'll see a a prayer up on the screen. We're going to pray that together. Right over there. Okay, Jim's got it. Okay. So we're going to pray this prayer together. And so once you find your spot, once you get what you need, just go ahead and bow your heads. Let's talk to God right now. Let's talk to Dear Holy Spirit, we need you to guide us to the truth. We need you to, to, re, to reveal to us all that the Father and the Son want us to know. We need you to help us to discern what reality is. We cannot navigate this life. We can't. And, and we can't please God. 
the Father without you. We ask that you help us. We need you, Holy Spirit. Reveal your truth to us today and every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you please stand with me in honor of God's word as we read verses 12, just verses 12 to 15, just a few verses here, but there's a lot. Just so you know, it's coming down to the end. Jesus is, he, since uh, chapter 13, we're in 16, he's been speaking to his disciples, preparing them for his departure, preparing them for the cross. And here's one of the things that he says to them. Ready? I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth, all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Please open our hearts and minds to receive what it is that you want us to hear today. Help us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Please be seated. And let's take those notes. Let's get ready. Jump right in. Walk back through here. See what we can learn today. Jesus said in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And I, I think they were on overload, and he knew that. Well, what do I mean? That, well, they were thinking, oh, my, Jesus is going to set up a kingdom, and we're going to rule with him. What? You're leaving? How are we going to set up a kingdom if you're leaving? That's upsetting. What? One of, one of us is a, a betrayer? One of us, who is it? Is it me? Who's going to betray you? What, we're all going to run we're all going to desert you? No way. And they're busy talking about this. And well, well, guys, listen, listen, listen. Listen. But he knows they can't receive. They can't comprehend anything. He says, man, you can't, you can't receive anymore. We'll write this down. Number one, a troubled heart has a difficult, almost impossible time receiving truth from the Lord. And so that's a prayer for Today, I mean, if you're here today and your heart's troubled, man, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God helps you in that trouble to be able to receive and hear if your heart's troubled. If that's you, feel like you're in a storm, or maybe you've been there, your life is filled with upset and worry, and you're like, man, I just can't. I'm so distracted. I can't receive anything from God. You tell me I should read his word. It's hard for me to sit down and read. I can't receive. I can't get anything out of his word. And some of you are like, yes, that's exactly. Well, if that's you, you understand where the disciples are at. They're not able to receive from the Lord at this moment. He understands that. But he's going to do his best to encourage them, as we'll hear, in regards to the Holy Spirit. Well, when I was a school teacher, I had to be aware of this. Sometimes there were days students would come in, and they, they just, from everything that happened at home, they weren't able to, for whatever reason, hear what I was teaching. I remember when I was on Molokai, lived in Hawaii, and I was teaching there, and there was a young lady in one of my classes. 
she kept getting in trouble. And uh, even on the last day of school, I had to keep her after class. I had to keep her after class. Funny thing is, is she was terrible when I was confronting her. I mean, she was like, Mr. Mr. And I'd be like, holy mackerel, this kid is trouble. You're staying after. You got that attention. And she'd stay after. And all, after all the kids would leave, she'd be like, hey, mister, what do you want me to do? Who are you? She was the sweetest kid, man. My classroom was immaculate whenever she got in trouble. And I wondered, why is this young lady not learning and receiving? Well, school ended. It was summer break. And I was reading in the local newspaper. And I came upon an article about an eighth grade student whose uncle had been arrested for molesting her. Yep, his last name was the same as that young girl. Uh, Tears came to my eyes. You know, she felt safe at school. She wanted to be there. Doing work rather than going home. Her, Her main goal every day in her classes was to get in trouble so she could have more time in a place where she felt safe. And she, that was she, what, what she was all about, rather than receiving and learning. Well, thought about this, and I thought, well, this is why, listen, our homes, our schools, our church, our neighborhoods, our ministries, they need to be safe places for children, don't they? And for us adults too, right? They're not going to learn about Jesus or anything good in chaos. Listen, if if there's a known sin in your home, take care of it. If it's on you, get counseling. I remember, uh, you know, I drove down to Akron to merge ministries for, I don't know, what, six weeks? Because I was like, man, I've got to deal with this anger problem. Go to CR, celebrate recovery, hurts, hangups, and habits. Get free so that your home can be a safe place. And if it's not on you and it's on somebody else, take care of it. Talk to somebody. Get it taken care of. You've got to deal with it. If it listen, if it's something socially acceptable that's upsetting your home, you know, maybe it's sports. Maybe it's sports. I, your schedules are crazy and there's chaos there and it's ridiculous. God may call it, be calling you in 2024 to slow things down. I'm all about sports. I got nine kids. We were running all over the place, and then I said, you know what? I'm selling out my family for running all over the place for sports. That's it. Kids, you get one sport once a year. That's it. We're not doing two and three like we were. That's what we did. Maybe your parenting needs to be put in a more biblical direction so that the house isn't chaotic. Kids will act out in chaos, and you'll think, well, they just need more discipline. No, no, they, they just need more structure. They need, listen, they need you to be firm, fair, and consistent. When I was in the detention home, I can remember there, were, there was Mr. Kinch, and I'll mention his name because Mr. Kinch was a former Hamilton uh, Tiger football player, 6'1", and there was nothing in that room that went on that he didn't, hey, stop that now, and they knew what would happen. 
And, and, and it was peace and calm in the day room when all those kids were in there. But then when the, there was this other guy, I won't say his name, when he was in there, it, he was carefree, he was inconsistent, kids were taking books and smacking each other on the back of the heads. This, this was when I was in training, and I was like, is this how it's supposed to be? What? Throwing spit wads? You have to be, as a parent, firm, fair, and consistent so your home isn't in chaos. If it's none of that, and worry and upset, simply have your heart in a frenzy, Listen, please take some time to listen to a message that uh, was given here on December 10th during the Christmas series. It, it was this, hope in the stress of a weary world. And it's on Philippians 4, 4 to 9. And it will help you. It might be just the thing you need. Please take some time to listen to that. Well, let, let's go back to verse 12 again. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, write this down. Here's a second observation. There are times when we're not ready to receive advanced teaching from the Lord because there are some things that we need to learn first. We're not ready to receive advanced teaching from the Lord because there are some things that we need to learn first. Before you can go on to high school, you got to learn some things in junior high school or middle school, whatever. Our learning is progressive, right? It's progressive. The truths that we can understand today are built on truths that we learned in the past, right? Do you understand that? Everybody got that? And we're not ready to receive advanced teaching until we've learned the elementary truth. So it's ready. It's first things first. First things first. Before, listen, before I could understand that worry was a waste of my time, like a rocking chair, you expend a lot of energy, but you don't go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? A lot of energy, but you're not going anywhere. That's what worry is, is expending a lot of energy and not going anywhere. Well, I had to nail down this truth, ready? Here's the truth I had to lock down in my mind that I had to learn, and it was this, that God is in complete control. Even when chance and chaos seem to reign, God's in complete control. I can remember I, I was a, a germaphobe through the roof, man. I got to control things. You're not touching my kids because, and I'm not doing that, and I, we're not going, no, no, instead of just saying, you know, God has got this. If he wants me healthy, I'm healthy. If he wants me sick, I'll be sick. I, I, I got to leave it. And somebody was shocked one day when I dropped my granola bar and I picked it up and I ate it. And they go, what are you doing? It's not you. Well, listen, to teach me this, though, it's been progressive and growing and learning, but the main thrust of learning that God's in control and I don't have to worry began with going through basically hell on earth. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, you might remember the story that I shared that when I was teaching in Virginia, I, I taught in Hawaii, yeah, but I also taught in Virginia. Well, how did I get to Hawaii? This is how we ended up there. While I was in Virginia, I was under fire, heavy fire. I mean, uh, they told me, yeah, you're not going on the senior trip to Florida with the seniors. I was being falsely accused as being, one of the teachers was partying, drinking with the kids, and they thought it was me because the kids liked 
me having me around so much. They, I had such a good relationship with them. They thought it was me, and so told me that they're going to withhold my contract and all this, and I'm just, I was just so upset. And I shared this concern with one of my fellow teachers, Ellis Cottle, and I said, oh, this is, Ellis, this is what I'm, go- I'm going through. And I thought he'd lower his head and just go, oh, Randy, I'll pray for you kind of thing. He began to smile at me. He's smiling. I'm like, you're my friend. Why are you smiling at me? He's like, because I know you. And I go, so what? And here's what he said. Take a look. I can't wait to see how God works this one out, Randy. I had to go and meditate on that. What's he talking about? And do you know what God did? He used that pain and a summer mission trip to forge a move of my family from Virginia to Molokai. And listen, I remember driving down the mountain from Kalai, where we lived, driving down the mountain, tropical trees everywhere, coffee plantation over here, looking out on the water, seeing Lanai, beautiful Lanai, and that's an island, and thinking, oh, my goodness. Wow, God, you're amazing. I'm so glad to be here. You're like, why did you move? Well, that's God. He calls you where he calls you, right? Well, during that time, while we were living there, listen, while we were living there, my dearest friend and pastor, Randy Manley, taught me well that God's in complete control. He taught that well, didn't he, honey? He and his wife, Louise, and truly we, we learned how much he loves us and that our life, our lives are safely in his hands. And we had to, Wendy and I had to lock that down before we could enter into ministry. We had to have that locked down because I'm telling you, if you knew some of what we've gone through in ministry and what we've faced, you would understand why God took us through that pain and frustration. He lovingly knew what we needed so that we would be prepared for all the things that we would face and the storms that we would face in ministry because ministry is hard. It really is. When you are involved in ministry, any of you and including us, it's, it, people are not always grateful and they forget who you are like that. All you, can do, all you have to do is one thing wrong, and they forget everything else you've done to love them, and they walk away. And that can be hard. That can be difficult. But God is sovereign. He's in control. And so we understand that. He's the great general, and we put our faith and trust in him, and we don't worry, and we don't get upset. Well, why? How do you do that? How do you do that? How, how are you and Wendy not on medication, and how are you guys not locked up or wearing a straitjacket every night. Well, the way we're, we do that is we understand that, God, you're in complete control, and you've got this. And anything you do, I win. That garbage I went through in Virginia, you were in the fire. And I ended up winning. You're the God of salvation, the God of deliverance. I'm going to win with you. I'm going to be delivered because you are the God of salvation. Amen to that. So I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. He's got me safely in his hands. Amen? Amen. We'll look at verse 13. Verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. 
Here, write this down. Here's the third observation. Knowing the truth means that we know what reality is and we live our lives accordingly. You and I don't live in a fairy tale or in a fantasy world. The Bible is truth. Another word for truth, the original word for that is the word, ready, reality. Yeah, reality, truth and reality. And when you and I come to know and understand the truth, our eyes are open to reality. When I came to Christ, I had been, you know, some of you always have always been in the church, and so it's hard for you to really grasp this. But for, for me, I, I wasn't, I, I mean, I went to a church, but I didn't really embrace God and spiritual things. And, and so when I came to Christ, it was like, oh, oh, and the world kind of turned up right side up. Oh, now I can make sense of the world. I couldn't make sense of the world before. I, my worldview was all messed up. And, and so you and I should have a, a, a Christian worldview that frames our lives accordingly. And, and I remember listening to a guy, Al Mohler, speak on this, and he shared that a, a Christian worldview holds to four major events. Are you ready? Four major events. And if you're there in your notes, there's some blanks there. Fill them in. Ready? The, the first one is this. Ready? Creation. God's made everything. He's made you and me. He's the creator of all things. So we understand that. This didn't happen by chance. There wasn't just a, you know, all this, these chemicals and then boom, a big bang. We understand that if there was a big bang somehow, some way that started off, we understand that the prime mover, the one who made that happen, the one who clicked the first domino was God Almighty. However he wanted to do it or did do it, we understand that he's the creator. The second thing is the fall. Adam and Eve, the first man, the first woman, disobeyed God's law and brought a curse on all of creation. So mankind and nature cursed. We talked about that over the Christmas series, that even nature, the trees are not the way that they were first intended to look, and the fruit is not the same as it was first intended to be, and that everything, mankind and nature, are fallen. We understand that. But then we understand this, that there'll be a redemption, redeemed, to buy back, that this world that's been sold into sin will be bought back. So through the blood of Christ, we will be bought back from the slavery of sin. It's like we're on the auction block and the slavery of sin, and Jesus comes and buys us off that block, and, and, and it's his blood that buys us back. You know, there's a story where Abraham Lincoln bought a, a lady off the slave block, and then he said to her, you're free. She said, I'm free? You, you're, you're, you didn't purchase me as a slave? He goes, no, you're, I, I purchased you, but you're free. She said, I'm free to go any place Anywhere I want to go, he says, yes. She goes, then I want to go with you. And that's how we ought to be with the Lord, right? I want to go with you. You redeem me. You set me free. And then one day there's going to be a consummation, the consummation. And you think, well, that sounds like something I've heard in regards to marriage. Well, that's right, the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
One day you and I will be there in heaven. It'll all come together. We'll be there celebrating in glory in a place even more beautiful than Hawaii with our friends and family, those we love. And we'll know joy in a way we've never known it before. Well, the major key to all this, though, is the Holy Spirit. He's the one we need in our lives to guide us into understanding this truth, this reality, to help us understand Jesus' life, Jesus' death, his resurrection. And, and I go back to our opening verse again. Look at John 14, 26. We need a guide. We need a helper. We have one, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, the guide whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Man, when you sit down to do your vo- devotions, you should be Oh, I need you, Holy Spirit. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. If you get up to teach, like I'm up here or, or in a ministry, whatever you do, or even with the kids, I need you, Holy Spirit. Speak, Holy Spirit. Help me. We'll write this down. Here's our fourth observation. Jesus revealed that the Holy Spirit would be the guide for his disciples to the truth of who he is and what he accomplished as the Messiah. the guide for his disciples to the truth, the reality of who he is and what he accomplished as the Messiah. So what would these people write? What would the Holy Spirit, with this truth he revealed, what would they write? The Bible's, yeah, a little bit more specific. The New Testament. The New Testament, that's right. Hey, what's another word for testament? Anybody know? Common word, school word. What's another word for testament? Textbook. Textbook. Did you know that? Textbook. How many of you who have graduated still see your your textbooks as being useful? If you do, then you're newly graduated. (laughs) Because most textbooks are obsolete, aren't they? They, for a little while, they're like, oh, this is the book. And then you go back to, the, if anybody's using a, any of the books that, that we used in high school, you know, if any of the schools in this area are using any book that I used back in high school, man, that thing's got to be outdated, obsolete. But the Word of God is an eternal book. That's why we stand in honor of the Word of God before we begin the message. It, Throughout all of eternity, it's going to teach us that mankind is sinful and needed a Savior. And this, that truth will never, never change. Here, look at these scriptures. These are great scriptures. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Isn't that beautiful? So the book, the Bible, just kind of grab your Bible a moment. That, just kind of hold it. Would you just grab it and hold it? That book you hold in your hands is an eternal book. It's a supernatural book. It's not just a textbook. And then the last thing is this, ready? The New Testament contains the teachings of Jesus and any other truth that God chose to reveal. The New Testament contains the teachings of Jesus and any other truth that God chose to reveal. Take a look. 
verses 14 and 15 after you write that down. The New Testament contains the teachings of Jesus and any other truth that God chose to reveal. Take a look. Verses 14 and 15. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine, my teachings, this truth, and declare it to you. And all that the Father has, all his truth and teachings, is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine, the teachings and the truth that the Father and I want to reveal, and they'll, he will declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will declare it to you. So God thoughts, God's thoughts, the Father's thoughts, Jesus is saying, the Father's thoughts and my thoughts are the same, and the Holy Spirit's going to give you and reveal to you the thoughts that we want you to know. Are there some things that he keeps to himself? Oh, yeah. There's some things that God keeps to himself. And it's not for us to guess and say, I bet you he keeps this secret. No, 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 no. Here's what he says. Look at Deuteronomy 29, 29. God's sovereign. The Bible's complete. It has everything that he wants us to know. Everything that we need to know is given to us. And here's what he says on Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. And you and I have to be okay with that. We do. We have to be okay. We simply have to trust God and understand that he's revealed to us what he wants us to know. Don't try to guess what's outside the Bible. You and I, just we study the word of God, and that's our reality. That's what the truth is. We shouldn't be trying to guess and make it up. We can, I mean, we can, of course, God gave us minds and imaginations that he wants us to use and think, but, but our imagination should be bent more towards behold our God, seated on his throne, Often we use our imaginations to worry, oh, what's going to happen really bad in the future? Oh, my goodness, what is this person thinking and saying about me and going, stop, just behold our God. Use your imagination for good, not for evil, not for things that he doesn't want you to dwell on. Well, as we come to the close here, here's a great scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. You and I, we have friends that we relate to in mind, heart, right, spirit. And sometimes we can even guess at what they're thinking before they even do anything, right? Right? I can, you know, when we have our uh, family pool party in the past, we used to have these family pool parties in the past, and I can remember sitting there and just looking over, and I'd see Jonathan McNutt, and I'd see the way he was looking at me, and I thought, oh, I didn't plan on getting wet today. But I can tell just the look in his eye, he's thinking that I need to get wet today. And uh, I think I'll go out where the food is, away from the pool, and... Uh, You know, so if you know a person, you can kind of guess how they're thinking, and, and that's so, so important for us. If we want to resemble Jesus in the way he thinks, in the way he acts, then we've got to know how he thinks. Well, we've got to open up the Word of God, right? Well, look at this. The Word of God 
is the mind of God revealed. Never forget that. The word of God is the mind of God revealed. The only way that you can begin and to think and act like him is, well, first to receive him as Savior, and then secondly, his Holy Spirit comes to live in you as your guide. But then thirdly, we need to open his word. We need to open his word and begin to learn what reality is and how he thinks about it all. Honestly, listen, I, I'm going to say something that might upset some of you. Please hang in there. If, if, if you say that you're a Christian, yeah, I'm a Christian, and you don't take time to read his word, I think you're deceiving yourself. You're lying to yourself. And you, you, please wait, wait, listen, listen. A Christian is a disciple. A disciple is a learner. That's what it means. A disciple is a learner, a student. A student or a learner devours God's word because he or she wants to learn everything they can about his love, his reality, and not only that, so that they can please him. You got two choices. Please God or please self. And if you want to know how to please God, you got to get into his word. Amen? Well, here's a... We're going to pray in a moment, but here are the questions for meditation for you. Ready? Does your knowledge of the truth bring you rest and peace? Because if it doesn't, then your knowledge is incomplete and needs to be expanded. Does your knowledge of the truth bring you rest and peace? Meditate on that one. And then secondly, do you daily read God's word and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you what he wants you to know? Do you? Meditate on that one. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about these things. And then at the end, please feel free. You can come forward. There'll be chaplains up here. I'll be up here to pray with you. But let's go ahead and pause right now and pray. And then in a few moments, the worship team's going to come up and lead us in a closing song. And that song is Another in the Fire. Thank God, in 2024, we're not going to go alone, right? There's another in the fire. There's another... In the storm, there's another in the trials and the difficulties, the good and the bad. There's another one walking with us. Amen to that.